0: Gentlemen. So Doug, that that's not the Fraser music. Correct. That's a that's a but it's a Fraser graphic, right?
1: That's correct. Yes, this music is 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 legal eagle. The graphic is parody. So it's also it's also legal.
0: Okay, okay. Hey, can I tell you guys about watching some college basketball on ESPN last night? Please. So I don't know how much college basketball you guys watch. I don't watch that much anymore because we watch a lot of NBA and stuff. But good morning. Go on. But uh, okay. <laughs> the broadcast it, it never ceases to amaze me. Okay, so I'm there to watch the basketball game, right? That's what most people tune in is for the basketball game. This mm-hmm. this is this is some of the production stunts. And Doug, you, you tell me if these are not stunts that, that they tried to pull last night, and they, and they did pull. At at one point during the first the first half, they went to a split screen mm-hmm. in the production truck and stayed there, <laughs> the truck and stayed shot. there, yeah, for a good five minutes. Now it's behind seen the people...
1: scenes, pulling back no. the curtain.
0: I've seen people go to the production shot for a second, you know, like going mm-hmm. to break. It's called a,
1: a, in the business, we call that a bump shot.
0: See, I'm so glad you're here. Okay. because he gives mm-hmm. the technical version of this. They stayed with it with what felt like forever. Had that's, to be five minutes. That's real too time. bumpy.
1: That's too bumpy.
0: Not, not only did they stay there. They went on to explain what the producer was telling the guys on the air as Why? he was doing it. I've, I've never seen anything like it. He said, "Now this is where he's saying to us, okay, now look for the cutter as they're shut." It, it was just tell me about the cut. Why don't you just
1: tell me about the cut? Hey, uh, it, there's another thing that bothers me about live production, and I've been in live production pretty much my whole career. It's been a short career, but uh, my whole career I've been doing live production. And one of the thing that that bugs me is when live TV talent talk they get meta they like um news anchors love to do this morning news anchors like your local TV news anchor loves to say oh boy I got up at 4 o'clock this morning I'm tired like nobody cares
0: I'm looking at <laughs> like, you like, no, Matt Lauer
1: like no one gives a shit that you got up in because hey. I got up at 7
0: alright I'll give you two more things I didn't give a damn about during this game one it was the Carolina Stanford game. It came on at like 11.30, so I was a bit delirious. I did not imagine any of this. At one point, they did interview a Stanford football player. I kind of get that. Did not care about it. I had no idea who this guy was. He was from North Carolina. They talked a lot of football for at least five minutes. They talked <laughs> about his major. He's pre-med. I don't care. <laughs> so number many three. We don't care. About. Number three, another split screen. They love the split screen. This one. Top five seniors, according to nameless color guy that was doing the game. <laughs> As if I give a damn what he cares. Okay, so top five senior players. There's a senior point guard in Joel Berry playing this game. He was not on the list. They showed the list anyway. Okay, go out of that graphic. Five seconds later, top five juniors. Oh, my God. We're going to do the whole thing, aren't we? <laughs> then they skipped the top five freshmen. Well, at least we didn't do it. No, no. They came back with the top five sophomores. I- I've never seen anything like it. I just want to watch the game, you guys. Show me the game.
1: All right. With that, let's uh, show you the show. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
2: day. In a minute, because we live. We live. We live.
1: This is Locked On, Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at night residential group, the only choice for your home remodel in Charlotte. And also, mybookie.ag. Visit mybookie.ag today. They are the leader in online sports betting. You can use our promo code Locked NBA to match your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. We are coming to you live on YouTube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets from the Gittimer.com studios in Beautiful Uptown Charlotte on this Tuesday. We are approaching Thanksgiving. We've got our Thanksgiving special coming up uh, tomorrow. We will have our Thanksgiving food. Starting lineup it is a tradition here on the show we've been doing it for this will be our fifth season now of doing a Thanksgiving special, one of my favorite holidays, so looking forward to that I'm doug Branson I'm joined by the panel here from the main streets of Cotswold David who's showing up on the screen right now as david's it's like your it's like your own little bar called david's what's going david's on David.
0: World. I'm good. I've got one more revelation that I finally figured out between the difference between college and NBA refs last night. If you guys want to hear that theory real quick, real quick. So college refs. So NBA refs, both refs are fallible, right? They're human. They're mistakes to be had. Not fallible. You don't want to
1: do what Mike Malone of the Nuggets did and actually foul them, actually touch them. You don't want to do that.
0: Don't body check them. But at least in the NBA, there's a consistency to the area, you know, of their mistakes Mm -hmm. shall we say like Mm -hmm. you know they may miss or they'll call like a bunch of moving screens one night or they'll call a ton of offensive fouls on Dwight Howard one night but it's not like all over the map in college who the hell knows they may miss who touched a ball three times during that game last night they had to have a conference because not one of the refs saw who touched the ball last this is off a shot this is like when the action is going on so that I finally realized the difference between college and NBA refs last night it's just you never know where the mistakes are going to come from in college. You never,
1: you never know where the mistakes are going to come from, from our next uh, member of the panel from the capital city. He's known as the mug on this show, Nick Denning.
3: Uh, I had a dream last night. That <laughs> Frank I, Mitzke... <laughs> <laughs> Four or five three pointers. Is that did that actually
1: happened? Oh, that actually happened. Four or five three pointers. Twenty-four points. He's the subject of this uh, this week's inside the locker room segment coming up on this show. We've got a lot to talk about. This win over the Minnesota Timberwolves, pushing the Hornets to 7-9. Huge win. Uh, Steve Clifford called this win the best win so far for the Charlotte Hornets by a lot. And I think in honor of that, it calls for not just the Cheers theme music, but the keychain. change. <laughs> Also, we've got a ticket giveaway to talk about. I know that's why a lot of people are in the live chat right now on the nest. We've got Alex Daniel, quote, David Lamont, all in the live chat, ready to talk about this Hornets game. Let me tell you about this ticket giveaway that we have going on for Hornets Wizards. Do you want to sit in our seats for Hornets Wizards tomorrow night? Of course you do. You want to see the Hornets extend their streak uh, to three games? These are sweet corner lower levels. Here's what you have to do to get our tickets. Go to patreon.com forward slash L-O-H and reply to our latest post with who you think will be the Hornets' high scorer. Now, if you become one of our patrons today, you're going to get two entries into this contest and $5 members get double entries anyway. So if you support us with $5, you're going to get four entries. Uh, Patreon is a great way to support our show monthly monthly. And you get benefits, including double entries into all of our giveaways. Uh, so tip the scales in your favor. Support the best hornet's talk in Charlotte with Patreon. Patreon.com/loh. forward You don't have to be a member to get involved in this giveaway. Just go to our Patreon site and uh, reply to that latest post. But uh, if you do, if you become, a, in fact, if you become a member. In the next, we'll say 10 o'clock this morning, if you're listening live now, if you go to Patreon, if you become a member right now, I'll give you an extra entry. So you're going to get if three entries if you subscribe to Patreon before 10 o'clock. So I'm being generous because this is the season of giving. This is Thanksgiving, and I want to make sure that people get the most bang for their buck and that they get to this game. I don't care if you win these tickets or not. You better get to Spectrum Center if you're in Charlotte and, and support the Hornets because... Uh, we got to get some more W's on the board. Okay, let's talk about this game. Let's begin at the Spectrum Center, where last night the Hornets took down the Wolves 118-102. to Charlotte getting some revenge for a beatdown they got earlier this month in November. I'm going to start by sending it around the panel first. David, what was the biggest factor for you in this game?
0: To me, it was that run in the second half that was provided by mostly the bench. They helped push that lead out to about 10 points. During that time, Frank Kaminsky had a big night. You know, it's amazing what this team is able to do when they get contributions from other guys like Frank, who had 24 big ones last night and looked like the Frank we saw in the first five games. And then they closed out the the fourth quarter, you know, outscoring the Wolves 34 to 22 in that quarter. I mean, the the Wolves are going to score. You know, I thought the defensive pressure was actually a lot better last night. That's the most locked in I've seen this team on defense, just possession to possession and man to man uh, throughout this year, I think. Um, there was definitely a more purpose to their play on defense last night, and it showed. Um, so that, I thought that was the big difference last night. Nick?
3: I I really liked the fourth quarter stretch, you know, because that's something that we all know how they've struggled there, how they've given up leads, but they actually got better as that quarter went along. And I think at one point, late in, you know, I think maybe under three minutes left, they're up 15. You're thinking, this is this is different. This is not the same kind of Hornets team that we're expecting to, you know, be hanging by a thread at this point in the game. They looked in control. Um, you know, Minnesota continued to threaten, but it just didn't seem to phase them. So I really like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that fourth quarter stretch very important, Nick. It's it's the first time I looked this up. It's really the first time since November 1st when they had that big win against Milwaukee that the bench actually built a lead, built on a Hornets lead kept it, and uh, um, were able to get the win. So that that's huge for this Hornets bench that has been more known for giving up significant leads late in games. And a lot of that had to do with Frank Kaminsky. A lot of that had to do with Michael Carter-Williams and his defense as well, 14 minutes in this game. You're not going to find what Michael Carter-Williams did in the box score. Uh, he was just all over the place smothering uh, the guards, and he can guard one and two, and he was doing so against uh, Minnesota. I want to take a quick second to tell you about our friends at Knight Residential Group. They're an all-inclusive residential construction company right here in Charlotte that specializes in high-end custom construction, brilliant interior renovations, immaculate custom-built homes. If it can be built then Knight Residential Group can have it done for you with a combined 165 years of construction experience. Knight Residential Group believes in doing projects with meticulous detail using the highest standards. Use Knight Residential Group and you can be sure that you're going to have a pleasant customer experience and you'll come away with a beautiful home. Don't trust your next custom home project to just any construction company. You have to use the people that we trust, the locals here in Charlotte, Knight Residential Group. Call them at 704-733-9566, that's 704-733-9566, or visit knightresidentialgroup.com, that's Knight with a K. Join so many other current satisfied homeowners and allow Knight Residential Group to provide you with your forever home. Uh, I just mentioned Michael Carter Williams' defense. Uh, Here's what Coach Clifford had to say about that defense and what Michael Carter Williams has given the team uh, since he's been reinserted back into the lineup.
4: He changes our defense. He can guard multiple guys, he's got terrific feel. He can play fast and slow, and he can find people. But it's the defensive end where he's really, you know, he changes that group. You know, they're bigger, they're quicker. Um, You know, he was the guy tonight that I also was really impressed with.
1: Now I know, uh, Nick, that some people are going to be uh, uh, confused at the fact that Malik Monk he almost caught his second DNP CD, the the coach's decision healthy scratch for this game. Did play a few minutes there at the very end, but I think a lot of people are going to be confused by the fact that Malik Monks not getting minutes and Michael Carter Williams is getting those minutes in his place. Uh, but what what have you seen from Michael Carter Williams? Do you agree with with Coach Clifford's assessment there?
0: Yeah.
3: I mean, there's obviously defensive end is a big thing that, and, and Monk has you know, shown that he's still struggling to adjust to that end. Um, it's just, when you, when you have someone like Carter Williams who can um, guard bigger point guards, you can switch on to different players. Um, it just adds a different element. I mean, we talk about the second unit and how they've been sort of struggling a lot, you know, even if there's been times where they haven't been scoring the ball, what we have been more concerned about is the fact that we've had leads and we've given those leads up. Um, Carter Williams is a type of player that, you know, you could, they could, they can use out there to, you know, help establish the defense a little bit more um, and prevent those leads from, from being given up. So, you know, I, I, I know we don't want to see monk not playing mm-hmm. given that he is first rounder. Um Maybe in the, as you know, obviously I don't think it'll be, Necessarily soon, but, you know, maybe we could see instances where he plays maybe instead of Bacon because um, Bacon was, you know, Bacon wasn't shooting well, at least offensively, but
4: That's I, think a good point.
3: Gonna, yeah, I think for now, they're going to go with with this five because, I mean, they need to get some wins. They need to get back to 500 and if it's working, you know, you got to stick with it.
1: That that's a very good point, Nick. And uh, they yeah. just had more length and more strength in this lineup than they did the first time they played the Minnesota Timberwolves. Of course, they had Michael Kick Gilchrist back, they had Nicholas Batum back, and that length on defense was definitely showing the Minnesota Timberwolves shooting 22.2% from beyond the arc, 1 of 14 in the first half. And you could see it in the second half. I noticed it. I was After going 1 of 14 from 3, uh, Clifford sent everyone back. And it, it, it disrupted what Carl Anthony Towns wanted to do in this game. He ended with uh, – he was 5 of 10, a fish at night, but 18 points. Got a lot of those when it didn't matter. I, I, yeah, I felt like. So he, he looked disengaged for a large portion of this game. And uh, that really benefited them. Jeff Teague, seven of eighteen from the field, inefficient night for him. And uh, the big one though, Andrew Wiggins, five of fourteen for eleven points. He had twenty in that first matchup. Uh, so that three point defense, huge. Uh, I want David. I want to go back to Dwight Howard though. Of course, we have to yes. talk about the fact that that he drops a twenty twenty game, uh, first time since. Al Jefferson did it. It's his third 20-rebound game of the season. Finishes the game 25 points and 20 rebounds on 8 of 10 shooting. Is Dwight Howard officially back, David?
0: Oh, man. Are we going there? <laughs> 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 I'm going to say he's officially locked in. Clifford kind of chuckled at a question he got during the postgame presser last night about if uh, – what they ask him, Doug, if Dwight was more confident? Oh, if, well, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I don't think confidence is, is a lot. La- I don't think a lot of guys on that team lack for confidence. You know, it's a pretty confident bunch individually, especially. And Dwight, like Clifford said, you know, three-time player of the year, uh, defensive player of the year, doesn't, is not short in the confidence category. But, uh, you know, he said he's feeling much more comfortable. I mean, look from the beginning of the game till the end. This is a theme for the whole team, but especially for Dwight. Starting the game, I mean, he was getting that ball deep, and he was taking Carl Anthony Towns or whomever was trying to guard him way down and getting a really good position and then had some success uh, scoring the ball. You know, those those turnarounds off the glass were going in for Dwight. So he was feeling it a little mm-hmm. bit last night, but he was dominating the boards. I mean, that's – we talked about in the pregame, Minnesota was able to kind of push the Hornets around in that previous matchup, uh, the shorthanded Hornets, And I think the out-rebounded him in that game, which is not a strength of the Wolves. So the Hornets turned the tables, did what they needed to do, took advantage of that advantage they have, and uh, dominated on the boards. But, man, Dwight was awesome. And you saw the smiles. Yeah. He did get a technical. Threw a technical in there for good measure. Um, But you saw that he was having fun. And, uh, man... He almost made a three. Almost had another picture for the apartment there.
1: Last night proved a couple of things to me that when when Dwight Howard is engaged and when Dwight Howard is successful, the Hornets will be successful. And Clifford talks a lot about the fact that this team has plenty of talent. It, it just sometimes lacks a want to, a consistency with their performance. But they but adding Dwight Howard to Kimball Walker, Nick Batu, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, it's. This this starting lineup is going to be very very potent since they've been since they've had the full starting lineup they are eighth in the league in offensive rating and and the defense has gotten better as well so uh, this is a this is a potent lineup when Dwight Howard is engaged and effective and the way he's doing it is a by getting early offense you know mm-hmm. getting getting him involved early he got a lot of touches early but also he's getting involved early. He's running back off of misses, sealing his guy. Off. I mean, he's like the first guy back and he's sealing his man off, getting deep post position, allowing Kimball Walker and Nick Batum to throw it over the top. And, and, and then he catches, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but he was catching and going quick. It was none of this like patient. I'm going to turn around, maybe do a little face up, a couple of fakes. None of that stuff that led to turnovers earlier in the season. No, it was catch, make a move, maybe, maybe one fake and then a move, and then he goes up for the score. And, and I think I think he saw Carl Anthony Towns as a matchup that he could expose with it with his yep. offense and, and he went to work. And and to the confidence thing, I think the question, I get where Clifford was going with his answer, but I think the question was more directed towards confidence in his and his ability to uh, hit from the free throw line, and also maybe to expand his game a little bit, which hasn't necessarily happened. Like his, he's not hitting that mid range shot that I think he he desperately wants to hit. But last night, guys, he was hitting his free throws. Nine to fourteen in this game, Coach Thibodeau for the Wolves going to the hack of Dwight strategy at the end of the game and it didn't work partly because Dwight was hitting his free throws and partly because the defense was getting stops on the other end. Uh, Dwight was asked about his free throws and uh, Howard said that you know he's actively trying to work on the physicality aspect of free throws before he ever steps to the line. Uh, Here's what he had to say on that. It's kind of funny.
0: Because I'm so passionate and emotional when I played and when I step up to the line my emotions are still running high and sometimes I don't <laughs> know how to bring my shoulders down and I watch Kimba he does the shoulder thing This mm-hmm. <laughs> his shoulder right and then he shoots it you know, right, so if, you me, watching, if you weren't sense.
1: watching, if you weren't watching on YouTube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets, if you're listening on the pod, he was imitating uh Kimba's little shoulder shimmy that he does. But it brings up a good point that yes, like free throws are mental, but they're also physical. Like if you're if you're nervous, sure. if your body changes, and if your shoulders are up. It's going to change your shot motion, and so he's got to get all of these things figured out. But when but when he's locked in at the free throw line, you know he's locked in everywhere else. And and last night uh, he was very successful at doing that. He also <laughs> I don't know if anyone's read Rick Bennell's column yet, but he's also, he also said like he had a very uh, f u c k it mentality at the free throw line. So he's just trying to clear the clear the old noggin
0: just like f, f free throws?
1: No, not f or free but f, f it. it. Like uh, I'm just going to go up and uh, I'm just going to go up and shoot.
0: That's right, man. Muscle memory. Hey Doug, you mentioned the the length on that second unit. I mean, think about the difference in mm-hmm. the first matchup versus this one. Yeah. You had Michael Carter-Williams and Lamb on that second unit instead of Monk and Bacon or Trevion Grant. I mean, that's a big difference, especially out mm-hmm. on those wings. And it, and it showed last night. I mean, Clifford is still asking for a little more physicality. I guess finishing around the rim from that second unit. He mentioned a couple of those bunnies they keep missing. But uh, but yeah, that makes a big difference on that second unit when you have Batoon back, when you have MKG back, when you have Michael Carter Williams back. So that's something to that's something to look for going forward.
1: All right. Let's go to the live chat here. Uh, let's see well, Lamont wants to know. What's the better bench? Jeremy limbs, Jeremy Lin's bomb squad or MCW's warriors, Nick
3: MC. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, we're only, I have to give the edge to Lin's bomb squad. If that's what, that's the name we're going with. Um, that, that <laughs> was very, very deep. Um, Lynn and, and especially when Al Jefferson joined it, you know, at the, at, by the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, two, I think legitimate starting caliber players um, leading that second unit and it kind of raised everybody else up. And I just, I mean, it was, that was a very strong squad, but I mean, you know, to, to looking, looking at the second unit, there is a lot of things to like. I mean, the fact that lamb is still averaging around a season average, I'm still getting his shots. Um, I mean, the key here is I think just Frank's consistency. I mean, we can see a nights like last night when he can perform like that, uh, just how much he adds to that unit. I mean, I know we're not saying he needs to add 24 points every night, but just be consistent. Don't have nights where he has three or four points. So,
1: yeah. No, no, that's a great point. Yeah, I give the edge to Benchforce One. That was another popular name, Nick. Uh, I give the I give the edge to them because uh, they had so many matchup problems. Right? I mean, they were presenting problems for other teams with Jeremy Lin's ability to, to drive and. You know, you could throw the ball down into Al Jefferson against backup centers and be pretty confident that you were going to get a score out of that. They're still waiting for that. They have a the potential of one in in Frank Kaminsky, who had a great night last night, 24 points nine to fifteen from the field. Uh, and, and as we mentioned at the top, four or five from beyond the arc. They have a potential matchup problem in Frank Kaminsky because of, of his quickness and ability to expose uh, slower bigs who are matched up against him. It's just we haven't seen that consistency. And uh, Frank Kaminsky, the subject of our latest edition of Inside the Locker Room, take a look and a listen.
4: It was a balance of things. He drove the ball into the paint and he hit his jumpers, but he was decisive and he played with good confidence. You know,
2: I know I have a quick first step and I can get past people. Um, so it's always been my ability to read closeouts. You know, if people are gonna close short, um, it's gotta be a shot, and if people are gonna close, you know, trying to take me off of it, then that's when I can drive, get into the paint if somebody helps, you know, dump-offs, kickouts. Um, it's all about just reading how they're playing. Um, and I feel like in games where I, I make my first couple shots, that's when I have the ability to go downhill. Because they start closing out harder and, and then they really don't know how to defend you know some situations you know there was a good play with nick there at the end where they were trying to switch and they got confused and i got wide open so um you know just when i play with confidence and i play how i know i can play you know it changes the way they have to play defense
4: you know actually it's funny as tonight there were no play calls for him at all i mean i had a bunch of them to go to but he was so energetic and aggressive himself
2: and um so uh, I would take credit for that, but that was all Frank. You know, there's games where my, my approach and my attitude isn't the best. Um, you know, I, I get down on myself, and I let that take me away from what I can do. Uh, so when I just go out there— I've and, seen a marked difference in, in Frank Kaminsky's game like, like uh, since that
1: Cavaliers off. game where he got dominated by Jeff Green on the boards. He's, he's been running back on defense. He's, he's try, it, it seems like he's trying uh, to, to sort of find his game. Um, but but it just sounds like guys it's make or miss for him like if he makes yeah. his first couple of shots he's feeling good uh, then he's gonna have a great game and if not he's still in this mode where mm-hmm. he can just completely fall away or fall apart if if he's not feeling it from from deep
3: it's, it's very it's very interesting that you know, he, he talks about it being a confidence thing. Cause I mean, you watch it kind of from the I test and you think that that seems to be what it is. But then at the same time, you're thinking it can't just be that, like maybe it's the spots on the floor, it's things like that. But it, it, yeah, just again, looking from what he's saying, talking about what coach Cliff said, this is a, like, you know, whether we're going to get good Frank or bad Frank just kind of depends on whether yeah. he gets those early looks in. Um, and that's, I mean, <laughs> I I don't know what we do to have him play with confidence every night. I don't know what the coaching staff has to do, but you know, uh, I'd love it to get to the point where he feels like every night he's going to do well, regardless of what actually happens. As long as he maintains that um, that confidence throughout the game, you know, even if he starts slow it'd be nice if we could get something for him late in the game. And we think about when Kemba Walker has an off night, maybe he plays poorly in the first half. If that fourth quarter comes around. He can go on a 10, 11 point spurt. Right. And that makes a difference. We could, I would love to see
1: more of that from Frank in the fourth quarter.
0: David. Yeah, it's amazing. I love to hear Frank talks. He's so honest. I mean, that's something we've talked about with him before the confidence issue. And he mentioned it. I mean, he said it word for word there when he hits early, he gets going. And so that's the big challenge for him, to manufacture that when his offense is not going. It was interesting last night. Marvin subbed in for Frank with about five and a half minutes to go, up 10 after he'd gotten beat on a a couple of defensive rotations and plays late, but was super effective in that game beforehand. So, I mean, for Frank, it just makes such a difference for this team. I mean, look at the wins and look at the, the performances he has in those wins. He really puts his impact... I mean, he really makes an impact on the game, and you can see it. So that's the big struggle for him. I mean, Nick, I think to your point, I don't know what they can do. I think it's, I think it's up to Frank. You know, I mean, as a what a third-year player in the league, like that—that that is something you learn how to stay focused and up for it and and confident every night. I mean, it's not easy, you know. Um, but because he's going to have some mismatches, so it's easier to get tripped up on the little things. But it's such a difference when he, when he can just keep it rolling.
1: Daniel on the live chat saying, "Is it just me, or does it seem like Frank is better at shooting contested three point jump shots?" Daniel, I don't think it's you. I don't have the stat in front of me in front of me, but I'd be willing to bet uh, another uh, another one chip challenge on Frank Kaminsky <laughs> missing more. <laughs> By the way, someone bought that chip for for me. So Dugaholics. the one chip challenge is getting done uh, next Friday, I think is going to be when, uh, when both Nick and I take our medicine for losing the draft.com challenge. But um, I, I think, I think he definitely uh, does make a more contested three point shots than wide open shots. And I think that points to mentality. I think it points to um, thinking about things too much uh, about getting down on yourself and, and then defenses adjusting to you and, and not being as afraid of your three point jump shot. And then, uh, you know, it just starts to cycle at that point. But if you want to know, like, why Frank Kaminsky would be like his consistent offensive impact would be important to the Charlotte Hornets, look at the first three pointer that he made. It was off uh, the, the Wolves were trying to trap Kimba Walker, and Kimba gets it through the trap to. Cody Zeller, and then Zeller passes it to Frank Kaminsky wide open, knocks down the jump shot. Like Those are the kind of important plays that the Hornets need from bench players to take pressure off of Kimba Walker. And Kimba finally did not have to play. Uh, at the; He didn't have to check in at the eight-minute mark of the fourth quarter. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that that bench unit not only was playing good defense, but was able to sustain itself offensively. And that had to do with Cody Zeller, Frank Kaminsky, um, making shots, making things happen, and Jeremy Lamb as well, 6 of 9 in this game, 16 points off the bench. He is. Let's shout out Jeremy Lamb. He is playing as well off the bench as he was when he was a starter. That was something we were wondering about, and I think he's answered those questions as well. Okay, ever since we started this daily podcast, guys, I've, I've had people asking me for NBA betting advice. They all want to know, who, who do I who do I bet on? Usually it's just about who to bet on this week. Is this a great week for the Cavs? Should I put some money on thunder over the Wolves? Well, let me let you guys in on a little secret. Where you're betting at is just as important as who you are betting on. That's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. My bookie has been in this business for years, and their reputation is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're going to be making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payout. Seriously, you can get your winnings. I got my winnings in just two business days. You know who's going to win already, right? So lay down some cash. Win big today. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and they have an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus, but you have to use our promo code LOCKEDONNBA, that's all one word, Locked NBA, to activate that offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play... You win, you get paid with mybookie.ag. Okay, final thoughts on this game. This was an important win for the Hornets, David, or this was an important win for the Hornets because the schedule is not going to get any easier. They've got the Wizards coming into town on Wednesday. They've got the Spurs on Saturday. So to get these two wins now, I think, very important just for the record overall.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and just the play, Doug. I mean, think about the the the, uh, the the pit they've been in over the last two weeks. I mean, they couldn't get anything to go right, you know, less than a week ago. And last night, seemingly, everything went right. One guy we haven't mentioned was uh, Nick Batum, who didn't have, like a, like, a huge game last night, but he did hit a couple big shots down the stretch, which is another thing we've been begging to see is someone else step up and hit those shots that either, you know, extend a lead, keep things at arm's length, And Kemba, you know, didn't have a Kemba game last night, but Batum hit a couple big shots down the stretch. So that was really good to see. Um, But, yeah, all these wins are important right now, Doug. They do need to get back to 500. This homestand is pretty important. I think you have to feel pretty good, though, coming off that game last night. That's what they need to see. it's It's just a head scratcher, guys. Like, why is that defensive intensity there from the start throughout the game last night? You know, why isn't it a consistent thing? I mean, that's the issue, I think.
1: Yeah, Nick. Hopefully, now that they have all of their all of their personnel back, maybe maybe that's just what it was. They were just down on on the team because they were missing so many key pieces. Uh, but we talked about that starting unit uh, being so effective.
3: Yeah, maybe this was just they they they're making excuses for themselves, just not having the full strength and and some of the Look, we can't make excuses anymore. We have our team back. We have to show like if if we believe that we're a playoff team, we actually kind of have to play with that mentality. Um, no, it's a, it's last night was encouraging because you could, you could see last night, not going their way, even though they finally broke the streak. It's nice to see them that, you know, okay, we're this, like beating the Clippers is fine because it broke the streak, but beating the Timberwolves, especially given how last, the last uh, matchup it went, you know, just given how good Minnesota has been for a good stretch of the season um, shows, okay, they are capable of playing with these types of teams and putting them away. Um, the Wizards are going to be a tough, a tough matchup. I mean, we're, I know we've kind of played them fairly well in, historically, but, um, you know, I think this is a nice precursor to that game. And I'm hopeful that, you know, they'll continue the momentum heading into wins.
1: Okay, I want to mention one more time, we are giving tickets away to that game, Hornets and Wizards, on Wednesday. Go to patreon.com forward slash L-O-H. There is a link in the show notes and there is uh, our latest post on Patreon. Just reply to that with who you think will be the high scorer in this Hornets-Wizards game and you will have a chance to win tickets to lower levels to Hornets-Wizards. If you sign up Uh, Today, by 10 o'clock in the morning, you are going to get three entries into uh, this contest. And if you are a $5 member, you get four entries. So uh, secure your spot. Make sure you get a chance to win these lower levels. The winner will be uh, randomly selected uh, on Wednesday at uh, 12 o'clock p.m. So patreon.com forward slash L.O.H. It's a great way to support the show, all the proceeds from that uh, patreon go to making this show better the services the equipment uh, that we need to make this show the best hornets talk in charlotte uh, so thank you so much to all the people who have been uh, patreon members from the beginning go get those tickets and thank you to my panel david nick been a fun show we'll see you on, we'll see you tomorrow for the thanksgiving special our thanksgiving food starting five plus what we're thankful for hornets edition So make sure to listen to that on the podcast feed. Uh, No live show, no live YouTube show tomorrow. We're back uh, live next Monday. We'll have a pod for you on Wednesday. We'll have a pod for you on Friday. And we're back live here on YouTube. Uh, com forward slash locked on Hornets on Monday. Thanks so much for listening and watching Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets and tell somebody, tell a friend. We need more people here uh, for this show. Get, getting the nest excited about what the Hornets are trying to do this season, and of course you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets and get live tweets on every game. For David and Nick, I'm Doug saying go Hornets, go America, let's swarm Charlotte.